On this edition of the Deseret News Youth Insiders podcast brought to you by Mr. Mac, Lee Benson joins Jody and I as we talk about Utah's big game with UCLA this week. The winner's in the driver's seat for the Pac-12 South. This and more, even a little basketball, on the Deseret News Youth Insiders podcast. This is the Utah alum and the ultimate heel of professional wrestling, the MK Bandit. And you are listening to the Deseret News Ute Insiders Podcast. Welcome to yet another edition of the Deseret News Ute Insiders Podcast, brought to you by the good folks of Mr. Mac. I'm Dirk Facer, joined here in studio by Jody Genesee. Hey. And our special guest, the legendary columnist, Lee Benson. Glad to be here. Thanks. We're glad to have you. Hey, guys, let's jump right into football. Utah hosting UCLA this weekend. Both teams are coming off a bye. Does that matter, Lee? Is that uh, team's rusty? Or at this time of year, could they just use the rest and heal up like a Tyler Huntley, for example? Well, I think the fact that they both have byes makes it pretty irrelevant. But it's always good to rest up, especially football players, to have that extra week. It kind of has the makings of an early September game now. I think that both teams, if, if if they're not up for this game, and what's Utah favored by? 21 or something yeah, like that? And, and that gives UCLA something to chew on for two weeks, and Utah looks at all these glittering you know, compliments they're getting so they can chew on that. It makes for a really, really interesting game. I think it's the kind of game that needed a two-week buildup. Jody, obviously, uh, Utah comes in with an 8-1 and one record. UCLA comes in at 4-5 and five overall. Yet the winner of this game will be in control of the Pac-12 South, uh, you know, winning the tiebreaker head-to-head. It's kind of strange for middle of November to have a team with a record like Utah's going against a team like UCLA, but there's a lot on the line this week. Yeah, and I guess that uh, shows you the, uh, the interest part about having a conference you know you can struggle early on and I actually like that that a team can struggle early on they rectify themselves they get things going on a roll like UCLA has and now you know they're, they've showed that they're one of the best Pac-12 teams and they can uh, they can win the division just based on uh, getting hot at the right time of the season it's it's interesting we have UCLA at 4-2 and two. they still play USC and Cal so that's going to be a big game after this Utah game Utah has an easy path. All these, they both hold their own, uh, control their own destiny, but Utah, after this UCLA game, plays Arizona and Colorado, so it sets up for a kind of a South Division championship and with before a couple games are left to play, so it's it's a really fun weekend. Lee, you kind of touched on it. Utah's a heavy favorite in that. Are they their own, uh, are they going to get in their own way here, or is that they take care of business, should they win this handily? Well, I think that's a danger, a 21-point favorite, and then like Jody was talking about, it's, it's a little like like the last four holes of the Masters, if anybody thinks that this is going to stay status quo after this game, to me, hasn't followed the Pac-12 for the last however many years Utah's been in it. Something weird is going to happen. I don't think this will be a coronation game on Saturday, but it could be huge for Utah if they can pull this one out. But it's a big target on your back when you're up by 21 and getting all of the all of the praise that they're getting. That is a, such a big line for a team that that comes out. Obviously, the four and five is you know that UCLA doesn't have a great record, but they're playing really well. They, I mean, they beat Stanford on the road. They beat Arizona State. 
is Arizona State was ranked 24th. This they're playing really well right now. They got a good quarterback, good running back. Man, that's that's they, a lot of points. They have nothing to to lose. No, absolutely nothing. I mean, they're right. supposed to lose. They're supposed to come to. They have to play in Salt Lake. So that makes them that makes them dangerous. And they've got this hot coach that you know was was drowning, and now he's the toast of the nation. Makes for an interesting storyline. Well, you know, the L.A. Times had an interesting story this week. Uh, they said that since Chip Kelly's taken over, 63 players have left the program at UCLA. And that's delayed the, uh, you know, I think a lot of people thought after what he did at Oregon that he'd turn UCLA around pretty fast. And they said that it's been stymied by the fact that's a lot of guys to lose. That's more than Utah basketball. That's not, exactly. <laughs> He's the Larry Kristoviak in Pac-12 football. <laughs> and that's why we have Lee here today. <laughs> now, that's a great point. But, you know, that's, that's a phenomenal number to try to rebuild the program and the fact that they are winning now. You know, Kyle Whittingham said his press comments this week that maybe they're discovering who they are now and starting to show that identity under Chip Kelly. But, uh, you know, on paper, it looks like a mismatch. But like you said, Lee, anything can happen in the Pac-12. Right now at Mr. Mac, got suit separates on sale. Choose regular fit or slim fit styles with coat sizes from 36 to 66. The pants from 30 to size 60. And right now, the suit separate sale, you can get that suit for two dollars Forty-nine, and you can choose between a different top versus a different bottom. All the different colors, patterns to choose from. Everything that you need is at Mr. Mac. Plus, you get lifetime tailoring on suits that you purchase from Mr. Mac. Come into one of our nine Utah locations. Let us help you look your best. Suit up in Mr. Mac. Um, speaking of the Pac-12 title game, um, Utah and Oregon appear to be on a collision course for that. Jody, how do you see that matchup looking ahead very, very early and very prematurely? Kyle Whittingham would not like to hear what you have to say. But. <laughs> uh, I think it's fun. I mean, both are uh, ranked you know, in the top 10 of, of the uh, college football playoff uh, rankings. And so it, it really is a playoff. It, it could be a play-in game for the playoffs, and that would be elevate the, you know, the interest even more. But they do appear to be on a collision course, and I think it's pretty exciting. And the fact that both of them are in the top 10, I mean, that's great for Larry Scott in the Pac-12. Lee, uh, Utah goes to Tucson next week, which can be a dangerous place to play, and then the Colorado finale at home. Remember a few years ago, Utah had a chance to go to the Pac-12 title game, and they lost to Colorado at the Rice-Eccles Stadium. Are we looking to maybe too much and saying, boy, if they get past UCLA, it's easy going, or do you think they could trip up any of these last three games? I think they could trip up, and like I say, history suggests that somebody will, and something right. different will happen. But I think the thing that Utah has going for it this year, other than this, in addition to this defense that is just like top five in everything, top five in you know letting people out of the bathroom. I mean, it's just like <laughs> crazy good. And and then and then the other thing that's different than all the other years that we've seen the Utes in the Pac-12 is they're winning games by like three and four touchdowns. Right. And I think if you went back and, and looked at the record, the Utes have played so many one-score football games, and this year they haven't had to do that. So it's an indicator that maybe going to Arizona won't be quite quite the nail-biter that it's been in the past. But then again, early in the season, we were looking at Colorado and Arizona and thinking, hey, these these guys, are they're, they're good football teams, and they did have some good wins early on. So Yeah, it's just unfortunate that USC game, gosh, it just is going to, right now it looks like it might bite them in the butt. Because that was the one slip up, but since then that's been an amazing wake up call for the Utes, and they've just been trouncing teams. And uh, obviously, the Washington Washington game was a, a close 
fought, hard fought one. But other than that, they are just rolling through the Pac 12. I'll let Kyle Whittingham and his players take it one game at a time. But I, hey, I, <laughs> I think this is a team that's, that's headed to the Pac 12 championship. I don't see anybody stopping them. Well, and Dirk, you've covered the Utes for a bunch of years, and right. you've got to have made some observations about the swagger this year versus other years. Yeah, it, it's, it reminds me of 04 and 08, you know, and the Fiesta Bowl team in 04. If you remember, they steamrolled everybody. I mean, we were writing our game stories at halftime because they were up by 35 points or 28 points. And, and like you t- mentioned, the margin of victory, it reminds me a lot of 04. 08, you know, they had some tight ones, you know, along the way, and they still won the games. But uh, it was interesting uh, after the uh, Sugar Bowl team, you know, I did a story and talked to a bunch of the players or coaches and that that been involved with both teams and asked them which team was better, you know, that the comparison and that, and of course the 08 guys like their team, the 04 guys like their team, and now we got to throw these guys maybe in if they become the first, you know, Rose Bowl team from Utah. Lee, I'm going to throw this back at you because you've seen a lot of football around here. Where do you think, if this team's able to go, say, 12-1 and one and go the Rose Bowl, do they go down as one of the greatest teams in the state of Utah? And I'm talking with BYU's national championship team, Utah's Fiesta and Sugar Bowl team. Can you throw them in that category? Oh, for sure. I mean, maybe the best ever, uh, you know, depending on how you want to rank things. But uh, they've had a legitimate schedule. Um, they've got a legitimate defense. They've beaten some legitimate opponents. If they go 12-1, and one, yeah, I think we we have to rank them as good or maybe the best of all time. Yeah. I kind of want to see what they do. I mean, obviously, if they go 12-1, and one, I want to see they would have to probably beat Oregon in that Pac-12 championship game. I want to see who they beat in the Rose Bowl or assume it'd be the right. Rose Bowl. Oh, they're going to get a tough team because they the had a, 10 if they get that far. Right. They're going to have a really good opponent, but they had a little bit of a weak preseason schedule. I, I, I want the BYU game to be continued, but I, I like that they're, you know, they got Florida on the schedule in the in the future. I think they need to beef that up. And if they would have beat another really good team in the preseason, I, I would think I'd be a little higher on this as far as the, the all-time perspective. It's hard to say that they're better than that 2008 team, but I think that a 12-1 and team would stack right up well, against either of those two teams. let's get our math straight. You know, if they win the Pac-12 championship game and the Rose Bowl, thirteen and one. Right. Well, you're asking that's, sports writers to get math straight, yeah. so. <laughs> but that's rare error around here. Obviously, you know, I know you had the undefeated teams and BYU national championship team, but thirteen to one in this modern era is good. And that defense, the rush defense, number one in the nation. I haven't checked this week, but the week before, they were twelve yards better than any team in the nation. I mean, they're not just the best rush defense; they are by a margin, and that says something. And then Tyler Huntley's playing as well as any quarterback in the country. Well, and, and to even help the storyline for this week that UCLA has the top rusher in the Pac-12. And so that makes, will, will they be, be able to stay where they are as a rushing defense? Yeah, and then you know, and then that leads to the also, who will get more yards? Will Zach Moss uh, rise to the occasion? You know, He's number two in rushing in the conference yards per game, and uh, he obviously had that short game against uh, USC where he was injured. But so we're going to have two of the best running backs in and two pretty good rush defenses, so it should be a good one. Do you think the playoff is a dream? Is it a pipe dream? I mean, I know you fans will get excited about it, and the fact that the, it's Tuesday, so the second rankings will come out tonight. We don't have them with us, but they're number eight in the first one. Is that a pipe dream? Do you think they could slip into the top four by the end of the season? 
Um, a little bit. I mean, if they wouldn't have slipped up against USC, they were like in prime position. They were in the top 10 in, in the polls, not in the college football rankings, but playoff rankings. But they were primed just to make a, a playoff run at that point. Everybody was thinking, well, they're going to slip up because they traditionally do and they have their November struggles. And But if they would have beat USC, I think they would, would gosh, be in such a good position. I It's going to be really tough because Minnesota is just coming on strong. I could see them leapfrogging the Utes. Uh, it's going to be hard for teams in front of them right now to slip behind them. So, But I, I think gosh, either way, it's just a fun ride to, to, to the end of the season, whether they go to the playoffs or the Rose Bowl. Lee, do you think uh, if Utah or Oregon runs the table, whichever, you know, one of them ends up 12-1 and one before the playoffs or the bowl game, does the Pac-12 deserve to have one of the four teams in there? Or do you think in Alabama or, or another SEC team, they'll get two in and or maybe even the Big Ten? Or, I, mean, I like Kyle Whittingham's approach that, you know, in a perfect world, all five conference champions would be included in the playoff and maybe, what, three out large teams or something, but it is what it is now. It's a four-team playoff. Is a 12-1 and Pac-12 champion deserve to be in it? Oh, I, I, I'll say right now, I'll go online because I don't have anything to lose, but Utah is in if they go 12-1. and There aren't too many teams they have to pass up now. Alabama now all of a sudden has a loss, and I go back, and I hate to go add up how speaking of math challenge, but I go back to 1984 when BYU was rolling along, and I swear we had these same conversations <laughs> among the sports staff, and this had to happen, and this had to happen, and this had to happen, and it all happened. Right. Well, just this weekend, it seemed to me like the things that really needed to happen, a couple of them happened. Alabama lost, Penn State lost. Uh, theoretically, uh, tonight, you, Utah could be all the way up to number six, and then you just got to have, and these teams are, Ohio State's still got to play Michigan. There's a lot that's going to happen, so yeah, getting way down the road, if Utah can go 12 and one and beat a good Oregon team, I think they're in for sure. Yeah, I, good points, Lee. I The thing about a four-team playoff, I don't think a team or a conference should have more than one representative. I just don't. I, even if it's the SEC? Even if it's... <laughs> totally Especially agrees. if it's the SEC. <laughs> BYU beat an SEC team this year, so come on. <laughs> you said it, brother. I'm not getting involved in that one. <laughs> no, but seriously, like four teams, you should have... I completely agree with Kyle Whittingham. It should be at least an eight play a team eight team playoff uh, but to have the two five repre- power five teams should conferences should not Absolutely. be represented exactly and then I would say the group of five uh, the best group of five teams should be in as well two and then at two at large teams so they yeah. should have given it to us a long time ago we had that figured out so many years ago I absolutely I have a feeling the SEC had something to do with the current structure what do you think the SEC <laughs> just they play cupcakes in the preseason and then they just beat up on each other and then they lose to BYU come on. There you go. Come on, Tennessee. <laughs> All right. Anything else on football, guys, before we turn our attention to the hardwood? I'm no, going to take that as a no. <laughs> All right. Let's, hey. let's transition. Let's transition. The Utah basketball team's men's team is off to a 2-0 start. Uh, in their last game, they set an NCAA record with a 94-point victory over Mississippi Valley State. I don't know about you guys, but I thought that was disrespectful to the game, disrespectful to the opposition. You're right. Mississippi Valley State of, should have played better. Yeah, well, you know, the 
the bottom line is, why schedule a team and charge fans to come see a game that you're going to win by 94 points? I think that's where the discussion starts. Why are they playing a team they can beat by 94 points? Well, but then it quickly escalates that. Why beat a team by 94 points? Why score 70-something in each half right. and uh, and rub it in an actual college program that, that much? I don't know how much buzz there has been around the country about that, but beating anybody by 94 points is pouring it on no matter how you slice it. Yeah, I remember, right. yeah, church ball. That reminds me of when I was a deacon and the priests from the We've A4 heard those were like stories. Kind of yeah, coming out. They were like trying to score 100 <laughs> points. We had like 20. They're dunking on us. Uh, it brings back bad memories. I got memories. a word that I bet you never, <laughs> never even heard of, Jody. Assist. Assist. <laughs> if you that? didn't do all the shooting, maybe you guys would have come a little closer. You're just trying to kiss up to John Stockton now. I know. I'm not as yeah. It is. I mean, it was a. They were pouring it on, but they had nine guys in double figures, so they were spreading it around. Okay, but let me throw this and, at and here. Plus, they they need they have eleven freshmen on their team. They need to play some teams that they can beat. They win by ninety four points. So wouldn't it be more beneficial? What did they really get out of that game? Couldn't they have done something like let's work on our our offense with twenty seconds to go on the shot clock, pass the ball around, and then we'll start the set at twenty seconds or start it at fifteen seconds, start it at ten. There's ways they could have killed the clock a little bit and then got some beneficial work out of it. See, you know, what if we're inbounding the ball with 10 seconds to go? I mean, that is a good point. My, my little son plays situational things. My little son plays lacrosse and when Park City would go up on Lee's mean Park City kids, they would go up double digits on us uh, in lacrosse. That's exactly what the coach would do. He would, instead of just going in and scoring, he'd make the kids start doing two passes and then they had to do three passes before they could oh, shoot. So yeah, maybe work on the, some different things. So I don't know. I, I just thought it was Shaybon. I just to me it's it's it sounds like you know Utah's trying to get style points so well, they can get in the NCAA tournament. There is a formula, I guess. That yeah, how many how far you beat people factors into whether you get in the tournament. They might right. they might already be in. I mean, <laughs> see that committee going. They are. You no, know, they did beat Mississippi Valley State by ninety four. Maybe so we should put them in. This is the biggest win of all time. So this is the greatest basketball team of all time. The the Utes. Well, they Who got knew? a tough challenge Would've later this it. week with Minnesota coming into the Huntsman Center, and that'll give them a good challenge, a Big Ten team. You know, I mean, I say good for the Utes and all that, but... Do you think they covered the spread on that? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I saw some guys at Cranberger that looked like they had taken advantage of that line and uh, had a big payday. But, you know, it, I don't know, Man, guys. Man, if you I, can afford Cranberger, yeah, you can... You got to bet. Yeah. But, you know, I, I just thought that was too much. You know, 94, and, and you can say, I can't... You, know, you couldn't call the dogs off and all that, but I think there's some situational things. And, and respect your opposition. I just don't think beating anybody by 94 is respecting the game or the opposition in the way that we're accustomed to around here. And Utah's a basketball state, and frankly, I just think we don't do that around I here. I mean, Mississippi Valley State, they, they came here last year and got trounced by BYU, I believe Utah State, and They got and the trifecta. Utah. They took three wins. <laughs> I mean, so they're getting some money. They know what they're in. I don't think they were in for it for a 94-point loss, but this is, uh, yeah, they, they I, don't, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not as offended as you guys are. I say let the kids play. Let them play. What yeah. Movie? Let them play. What movie was that? <laughs> Let that. Uh, Bad what? News Bears two when they went to Houston. <laughs> Oh, no. And the Astros kicked him off the thing, and they then they got now William we've got Devane. Dirk in the Walmart uh, William discount Devane movie. Got the crowd bins to cheer. Let them conversation. play. <laughs> Kelly Lake. All right, hey, uh, I'm Riley, just happy to hear you quote a movie that isn't Dumb and Dumber. I watched the same movie over and over, so that's my new one. <laughs> Olympus High product Ryland Jones is off to a great start. Uh, the quarterback in that Utah team is the point guard. Now. 
do you see a bright future for him, Lee? I mean, he's a local guy. Is that going to spur more interest in the program to have some local guys? Well, they keep getting those Olympus guys, and and, and I think so. I think that Utah um, has done a pretty good job of, of of getting the local guys, and if they can keep them and 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 move forward with that, obviously everybody at Utah in the Utah program this year has an opportunity because it's such a young team and they're kind of starting from scratch. So right. uh, again, this this may be just the ticket for Utah to get some momentum and, and turn the corner because they've they've been a little bit stuck on that corner for a couple of years. Yeah, I, I think you touched on it earlier as well, Lee, when you said you're joking about Kristoviak and the turn, turnover. That's the key here with this team. They've got some young talent. They've got some nice players. Plus, they have, like I believe, the sixth highest ranked recruiting class right now for uh, the 2020. So they've got some talent in the system, some talent ready to be infused into the system. They just need to keep these guys together. So Coach K needs to figure out how to keep guys in there. Jody, you covered the Jazz for several years and all that. This town, arguably, not even arguably, but it's become a Jazz town now. Can the Utes ever make some headway and get some crowds back up on the hill and uh, is winning the ticket? I mean, not if they're only going to win by 94 points. I exactly. Mean. <laughs> they need to play a little better, a little better defense. It, that's a that's a tough sell because even when they play well, it, the Huntsman Center just isn't very full. And so it's going to take some consistent years, and I say years, of winning. And Utah is a basketball state, but it's also a bandwagon state. We love winners. And so I think that if, if the Utes can continue to win, show that they're a, a quality NCAA team every year and not just a, maybe an NIT team, maybe an NCAA team every five or six years. They need to be NCAA every year, a Pac-12 championship contender every year, and then I think the, the fans will come back. Put you on the spot, Lee. Will Utah make the NCAA tournament this year? It's been They've missed it the last three years. No, I don't think they will because they've got all those things going against them and, and they play a pretty darn good Pac-12 league. But but uh, what Jody was just talking about, I think it ebbs and flows. I, I, I can remember when Utah wasn't drawing flies to their football game. That wasn't that many years ago. And if you get a Jim Fredette or you get a Rick Majerus or you get uh, a program that just catches fire, then they, they start filling all the seats up uh, in the basketball arena, and, and maybe the football team doesn't sell as many. It's it's just it's just cyclical, and it's been down for a while, and, and it, it is true. But you know one of the great things about it? I like to go to Utah basketball games, and I like to find a seat, and it's pretty easy to find one. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice and cozy. You can stretch your legs out and... Only they had waiter service. He wouldn't have to go up the stairs to go get a drink, right? Oh, I well, where Lee sits, they, they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the Park City crowd. That's good. Hey, uh, hey, I'm a newspaper guy. Yeah, <laughs> I just you know, they'll give me if your per diem, Dirk, then I'll be okay. Now we're talking. We'll split it. How's that? It's so generous. <laughs> we could get two hot dogs and two drinks, maybe. Maybe a little bucket. Hey, that's of why we all got into this business. We exactly. found out they'd, they'd pay you to watch sports and write about them, and they'd give you food. <laughs> exactly. Free parking, free seat, free food, free everything. Hey, uh, time now to turn things over to our friend Tom Barberry and Jody. I'm Tom Barberry, and it's time for Utah by Five. Thank you, Tom. Uh, this week on the Utah by Five segment, we are going to retouch on the Utah basketball win over Mississippi Valley State. Just uh, an, ins- an insane game. Uh, first off, Utah's 94-point margin of victory broke the NCAA record set back on December 7th, 1995. So that's been around for a while. Tulsa, as I'm sure everybody knows, defeated Prairie View A&M 141-50. Timeout. 
famous Utah athlete went to Prairie View. Who was it? That would be Ron Boone. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I Lee, can't remember. Number 31, Utah Stars, center. Zelma Beatty? Zelma Beatty. <laughs> Good guess. All right. Now, got, now I feel bad. Sorry, now Ron. I, now I'll go back to my corner. <laughs> Ron, Sorry. I, Ron's Idaho State, right? I love the Utah Stars. Okay. Now, Ron, yeah, Booner was an Idaho State Pocatello guy. Okay. I know his son went back uh, back uh, east to Nebraska. Well, right. Ron Boone was from Omaha. Yeah, that's true. He's originally an Omaha guy. It's all coming together. <laughs> number two, uh, the Utes had two players. Players have triple doubles. Booth, how do you say his name? Gotch. Gotch. Booth Gotch. Boy, I struck out there. And Ryland Jones. I, I get the Jones name. Uh, so Ryland Jones became just the second freshman ever to record a triple-double in Pac-12 conference history. He had 10 points, 10 rebounds, and 11 assists in just a second college game. That's I, Even if it's the worst team in the, yeah, in the country, say, that's impressive. That's a nice start. He was also the first guy to do it in a 94-point victory. <laughs> <laughs> he is setting history. <laughs> uh, the last Utah player to register a triple-double double. You know who it was? Alex Jensen. Alex Jensen. Good oh, call, Lee. Lee. I was reading off his notes. <laughs> <laughs> he had 16 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists versus Fresno State back in uh, 1999. Uh, number three, uh, Mississippi Valley State honored this was a tweet, I should say. Mississippi Valley State honored its former player Jerry Rice by scoring 49 points. <laughs> Mike Clown on Twitter for the number. I don't know what that means. <laughs> he 49er? said, "49er." Well, oh, okay, I'm a little okay, slow. I got yeah, it now. There you go. Mike Clown said he had Mississippi Valley State plus ninety three point five. So a rough a day in Las Vegas for that man. Oh, so close. <laughs> and the final one was that alone should get them in the college football playoff. So there you go. Maybe that is what the Utes needed. So hey, we have the Ute Insider newsletter every Wednesday. You can subscribe at Deseret.com. We have lots of goodies, the Utah by Five, and a lot of other fun stuff to read. Tony does a great job with that, so I encourage everyone to sign up for that. Guys, let's uh, wrap this up. Any uh, parting shots? Anything you want to say about the game this week? Lee, how do you see it? Do you think Utah will win by 21 or more points? I don't think so. I think that they'll win. I think it's going to be a cold day. I think that that might factor into things. I think UCLA's got all kinds of momentum and reasons to play. I think Utah will win, but I'll take the uh, under. Under. This does seem like a week where it could be a, a scary game for the Utes. So I will be very impressed if they can cover the spread. I would, I would. Can we say I would bet under? I would bet under if I were a betting man. Hopefully, management realizes that I'm not. Of course. Well, speaking of spread, what do you think they're going to feed us? <laughs> I'm hoping some R and R barbecue, maybe. Is that enticing enough to get you up there, Lee? I'll be there, of course, <laughs> in spirit. <laughs> maybe I'm trying to get an R and R to sponsor us. So there you go. I'll I'll take any barbecue. I think Lee's been to enough ball games in his life to pretty much sample every offering that they give the media for food. I, I, I enjoy a good press box meal. I also enjoy a good uh, game when it's in the 30s on TV. <laughs> not in the 30s temperature-wise outside. Correct. It's a little cold to be sitting at the stadium. It'll be a balmy 70 degrees in the press box. Thank you. Well, well guys, just a reminder, Utah fans, that there's soccer, volleyball, cross country, a lot of sports going on up on the hill. Soccer's in the NCAA tournament. Yes. The, uh, yeah. I think their uh, their friends down south are also in, right? Right. Yeah, BYU went undefeated this year, so 
a nice season for both uh, soccer programs. Um, you fans don't get on Jody for bringing that point out. It was just a factual <laughs> point, right? It was just a fact, yes. Not a statement or opinion. <laughs> but Utah soccer plays Duke. And just, you know, I, I studied for upon Utah soccer. So well, Utah volleyball just had a four-game sweep over UCLA and USC for the first time in history as well. I'm all, I'm all here for the Olympic sports. Thank you very much. And we would love to have updates on the Olympic sports every week, Jody. That might be your... Uh, you, you Insider's Newsletter. Come on. There you go. It's all there. That's <laughs> what you call job security, Jody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not that we need it in this business, right? We're, we're good for 20, 30 more years easy. Guys, I want to thank you for being on the show this week. It's been a pleasure to have Lee and Jody uh, join us. Uh, Jody, as always, uh, good job, and especially all the homework you did. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Not that you did it right before the show, because we're always on top of things. I've, I've been studying for weeks. I was with him when we were studying. It was like a library upstairs, but uh, now we're good here. I want to thank uh, Kent and Richie for their work behind the scenes putting on the show. And as always, folks, uh, we'll talk to you later.